now, here's Michael Blum. To hate and fear, you've got to be taught from year to year. It's got to be drummed in your dear little ear. You've got to be carefully taught. You've got to be taught to be afraid of people whose eyes are oddly made. Is a different shade. You've got to be carefully taught. You've got to be taught before it's too late. Before you are six or seven or eight. To hate all the people your relatives hate. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Blum Show. It's been a little while for me. I was off last week because I celebrated a 34th wedding anniversary. Now, I was off the week before that because I celebrated his 61st birthday. So uh, thank you, thank you. Just send all your gifts to Michael Blum, care, care of... No, we won't we make it care of this station, will we? I don't think that's a, a way to go with it. Um, so anyway, lots of stuff has happened in the last few weeks. There's a lot of things to talk about. Um, we started with that song from South Pacific because it was so odd to me that um, I happened to be talking to somebody, a young person, believe it or not. I do speak to young people in her uh, late 20s, master's degree. And uh, we were talking about this incident that happened with Ellen DeGeneres, uh, where she photoshopped a picture of herself on the back of uh, of Usain Bolt, who is the world's fastest man. And she was immediately lambasted by the leftist liberal media saying she's a racist. Ellen DeGeneres, a racist. Well, no, she's a comedian. And she thought that it would be funny saying that from now on, if I get on this guy's back, he's going to get me anywhere that I need to be quickly. Ellen DeGeneres. Can you believe that? A racist. So I said to my daughter, I said, what is wrong with these people? She's a comedian and he's an athlete and it's funny. I said, who that in their right mind would go ahead and kind of single this out and look at it? Well, no, this is a black lesbian. I'm sorry, this is a female lesbian and a black man. And that's what the whole thing is based about. And my daughter said to me, well, we're taught that. I said, what do you mean you're taught that? She says, in college, when you take a multicultural courses, we are taught to look at everyone through the scope of what they look like, what they believe in, not what they do at all. So blacks are to be looked at as blacks. Whites are to be looked at as whites. I, I said, I can't believe that. You're being taught that in school? This is what they're teaching you? Because, yeah. So I, so I said, then th then that's ridiculous. I mean, we you know, Ellen DeGeneres, is not, she's not a racist. She says, well, yes, she is. She's a racist because she did that. She went on the back of a black man who's going to carry around a white woman. And that's how a lot of the left looks at these things. It's funny because I was reading something else about Mel Brooks. They happened to ask him, do you think that Blazing Saddles could ever be done today? And he said, no. One of the funniest movies ever would never be done today because we have the politically correct police who are trying to get rid of your right to speak as you wish. And that's what's going on. I couldn't believe it when, when this person told me that. I said, do you happen to have any of the textbooks? So she said, yeah, and, and I actually got a textbook, and I'm not going to say the author's name because, first, I don't want to give her credit because she deserves none. 
And uh, uh, second, I'd have to go off this page to find out her name because I didn't care enough about what she had to say to actually write her name down. But these are some. This is someone who teaches your children on a higher level of education. Okay, and this is what they believe. First of all, her first premise is, is that everyone is a racist. Okay. Um, however, you really can't be a racist unless you're the downtrodden. You see, so black people can't be racists. Because they're the downtrodden. Only white people can be racists. Okay? I said, that's ridiculous. I said, what happens if someone who's black says, let's go kill whitey. Why don't we go kill that? Let's grab, she a whitey? Kill that honky. Kill that honky. I said, isn't that, a, what would they call that then if that's not a racist statement? So, well, that's called prejudice. I said, oh, really? So that's prejudice. Hmm, very good. So basically we have BS semantics going on. And uh, she said, well, yeah, my opinion, yeah. She said, Dan, I'm, uh, I'm telling you not what I believe. I'm telling you what I was taught. So I said, do you have this textbook? i got to look through it. So anyway, I did. And here's an example, for instance, that's uh, pointed out pretty early on. It says, uh, some examples highlight the process. And the process she's talking about is your indoctrination towards being a racist as a child. And she says that one of her students actually co uh, conducted an investigation. And um, it had to do with a preschooler's conceptions of Native Americans, as if preschoolers actually have a conception of Native Americans. You're talking about people, and they're saying this study was done with three- and four-year-olds. And they asked them to draw a picture of a Native American. And most kids had no idea what they were talking about. They don't know what a Native American is. But when they rephrased the question... And then ask them to draw a picture of an Indian. They they drew a picture of an Indian. And almost every picture, this is what this, this author is saying, had one feature in common, feathers. All of them had feathers. Now she goes and she says many, I don't know what number many means or how many kids this happened to, also included a weapon. So the three-year-olds or the four-year-olds are depicting Indians, American Indians, with feathers and a weapon, usually a knife or a tomahawk. And they are also depicting them in violent or aggressive terms. Let me ask you out there, folks, three-year-old, do you think he's, if he draws a picture of an Indian, he's presenting the Indian in violent and aggressive terms? Or is he just going ahead and drawing a picture of something? This idiot woman, psychologist, professor, who's teaching all of these kids such crap and nonsense is the one responsible for racism in this country, not anyone else. This kind of idiotic leftist thought of of people being so different that that's how you categorize them. That's how you see people is ridiculous. In my day and age, being, um, if you weren't a racist, that meant things were equal. Now, if you've heard me talk about what equality means before, that's a whole different sh subject. But I mean equal in terms of when I go ahead and I meet someone who is who is of a different race than mine, I present myself how I always present myself, and I treat them how I always treat anyone else. And that's all I think I really need to do. Okay? And um, it's so funny to me that this woman uh, can use what she thinks in her head is the concept that a three-year-old is drawing – and can use that to say that these little kids basically are on the verge of being prejudiced and racist. I, I think there's one problem with this. What's that, Rich? Well, if they're told to draw Indians, they're going to draw Indians. Uh, amazing. 
Uh, that's a revelation, though, for someone in the left, it seems. I mean, you know, common sense. We're not talking common sense here. Common sense would be you treat me the way I want to be treated. I treat you the way that you want to be treated. We're all happy. We don't argue. We don't fuss. There's no issue and there's no problem. And you just move on from there. But that's called sense. And, and the, the well, three-year-olds don't have a concept of any of that. No, they don't, but they're being taught it. They're being taught it now. Sad. It's very, very sad. Um, the school systems and things that are happening in schools now are very, very sad. I, I saw something today where, and it's a school in Florida, basically is sending home a notice saying uh, you have the right, if you'd like, to have your child not participate in the Pledge of Allegiance. And one parent answered and said, this is the most idiotic thing I've ever seen in my life. That was the response back to the school. So the school isn't saying how the school is phrasing this is your child has a right not to say the pledge. And he can just stand there without putting his heart over his hand or doing any of that stuff. He could just stand there. We just want your permission to make sure that he doesn't need to, to say the Pledge of Allegiance. So these are the things that are they going to put multiple flags up there. So I, I'm waiting for them. For, I'm waiting for someone to be insulted because there's an American flag in an American classroom. And uh, I'm sure some radical oh, that happened asshole in California. Will, t- will take it down or burn it. That happened it or in California like that. with the uh, the Mexican revolt in schools. Yeah, un- unbelievable with all of these things. Uh, you know, and this is I couldn't believe it. I'm I'm continuing as much as much as it makes me nauseous. I'm going to continue reading this uh, book by this loon. And um, it's it's just amazing to me. And I'll report back on it. <clears throat> the more I learn <clears throat> about how uh, people are being taught uh, to be culturally racist in this country on a higher level. No, I'm good. It was just a little flag. I don't know where it came from, but that, that's good. good. So I have uh, Riches with us tonight. Oh, by the way, we want to just uh, – uh, I, I want to wish Alan Knight, our, our uh, producer, is usually here. He's going through a little bit of surgery uh, tomorrow. I want to wish him the best. Also uh, – one of our co-hosts, uh, Dr. Lamaski, also went through a little bit of surgery, and um, uh, I, I hope I, I wish her the She's best. She's recovering too. well, and he shall be recovering he shall well be tomorrow. Recovering well, and I also wish this woman here that maybe they, when they develop um, brain transplants, that maybe she could become a candidate for that. They need to find someone much smarter than her, so maybe they use a, I don't know the brain of a chicken. Maybe that's how it'll work. Okay, but unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then she goes on, <laughs> basically, and she says that we are infiltrated in a world where everyone is racist. It's like we're going around, we're breathing smog. She says, we don't mean to breathe in smog, and it's terrible for us, but we're all so conditioned to hate each other at such an early age that it's like we're walking around and just not aware of it. I guess there's something wrong with some of us. Right. So you white folk Be- because, you know, who are not aware of this, you better yeah. start to become aware oh. of it. Because um, that's how it is in the world of higher education if you're doing intercultural inter, uh, 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 education. It, it seems like, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a great reach, that these are early steps in totally giving over our, our will and, and, and everything else to the government to control us and Keep us in our little corners. This is right, and... right out of the uh, t- uh, tyranny playbook. Uh, I really, really would love everyone out there. To, and I know it's a tough read sometimes, uh, 1984 by George Orwell, because uh, he speaks that one of the most important things is controlling speech, changing the way things mean, changing uh, how the words that we use, 
And one of the most important things, basically, he said, he says, when they censor the word censor, it's over. And there are now universities that in their policy do not want any of their professors or anyone to say the term politically correct. That is not to be said anymore in an institution of higher learning. Because that brings up the fact that maybe you're losing some of your First Amendment rights of speech. So um, Princeton came up with a whole new set of rules and um, words and things you can say and things you can't say. And basically they are rewriting what you can say and do according to your sex. Uh, They want to make sure that things are absolutely and totally non-sexually related. Now, I don't know, folks. Until it comes to the basketball shower. Well, then, then you know, it's, if you feel like you're a guy, that's fine. You feel like you're a girl, that's fine. I mean, you know, uh, that's part of the uh, Clinton uh, um, uh, legacy, uh, you know, which is great. So Clinton legacy? Oh, that's the Clinton part of the Clinton legacy. You sure? You don't know that? I mean, the uh, the Middle East burns, but you go to any bathroom you want. I think that's just the precursor to maybe flushing the United States, but. Uh, Unbelievable stuff. I mean, it really is coming like out of a storybook. And people just seem not to care at all. Uh, Let's see, Princeton. I don't want to look at the university. But anyway, take my word for it. I mean, if you you happen to be on Princeton's university's, uh, um, uh, if if you're one of their academicians and your name happens to be uh, Shulman, you better change it to Shulperson. Because they don't want you to use the word man. They don't want you to use the word boy, female, girl, male. I mean, they have just a whole list. Uh, let's see. Princeton uh, HR language. Let's see what that if it, it may be off the, you know, off the scopes already. Which I find happens quite often, too. Let's see if there's anything on this. It's just so amazing. Because right. they discover the error of their ways or they just don't want people to discover it. They really don't want people to discover this stuff. I think a lot of this stuff is leaked by students that really are, are like appalled uh, by this. Because uh, all the studies I read about universities, they say there's about a five to one ratio of uh, liberal as com- I'm sorry, of uh, uh, liberal as compared to conservative professors. So uh, 83, 84 percent of your kids who go to an institution of higher learning, and for that fact, as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, any school will not be uh, taught by anyone who has any type of conservative value, probably doesn't know anything about uh, any type of conservative values at all. So uh, you're not to use the word man. Okay, we use the word human beings and individuals or people. Instead of man and wife, these are spouses and partners. Man-made is no longer acceptable. It's called handmade or artificial. You can't use the, you can't, you can't use the term like to man a job anymore because that also seems to be racist and terrible. Um, unworkmanlike, uh, you can't say that because it has man in it. You see? Then a woman can't complain that she's been manhandled, right? She cannot. She'd have to be person handled or, or abruptly handled by uh, someone of another uh, uh, gender. gender. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. Workaround, huh? Yeah, you'd have to do a workaround. Uh, to go ahead and get this together. But all of this is happening to control your ability to speak freely. That's what it is. And there are uh, that same study that I just mentioned. If that, we give up this, uh-huh. then isn't the next logical step for the government to remove that constitutional right? Free, um, free speech? It's hard to do that. 
It has to be done very slowly over time. Well, they're working on it, evidently. And they are working on that. And the Second Amendment, too. That one I know, and that one I fought for uh, two years you know, ago for a while. Let's let's face it. If you don't have the Second Amendment, the First Amendment's not going to be there at all. If you have no way of protecting yourself from anything that's going to go on in the world, then that's that. But uh, this is an absolute infringement on First Amendment rights, particularly in a college level and college setting. You should be able to say whatever it is you'd like to in that setting without having to be harassed by the people who run the university. And they run those universities tax-free on your dime. So you're contributing to these universities that make billions of dollars to go ahead and pervert your kid's mind. Okay, So there is a guide from this now. Uh, it is so bizarre, you'd think this is from another planet. It says, while Princeton's language policy for its offices and communications and human resources, Princeton's LGBT center also has their own guide for gender pronouns for those who identified as transgendered, genderqueer, or other gender variants. They are suggesting, these are the terms we use now, Z, Z, and HIR, H-I-R. So it's not him, it's not her, it's here, H-I-R. I, I prefer shim. <laughs> you do? <laughs> they and theirs and A-M-er and M-self. <laughs> so... Can you say that on the radio? <laughs> and self? I don't know. It reminds me of some uh, professor trying to explain black English. Uh, like many, many years ago, I was watching this show, and she goes, he gone. That means he's gone. He been gone. That means he's been gone for a while. He done been gone. Means he's been gone for a very long time. And he done been been gone means he's been gone for a long time. Don't ask me anymore. <laughs> this is This is what was going on back there. Just absolutely unbelievable. Um, but such is the world we live in. We want to have non-sexist um, language. Folks, we're sexual beings. We're not blind. If a white guy sees a black guy, that's okay. It doesn't mean that they're racist. If a black guy sees a white guy, it doesn't mean that they're racist. If a man likes a woman, that's fine. If a woman likes a man, that's fine. Everything is fine unless you start to mess with it and tell people what they must do in their own lives. That's overstepping your bounds. So, so much for my rant, a little bit on that. There was so much interesting stuff, though, that I happened to pick up today. The FBI today, they released their most violent cities in the United States. And uh, let's see, they, had, they listed 11 of them. That's kind of an odd number. But they did list 11 of them as being uh, violent. Now, I'll, I'll tell you which cities they are and a little bit of info about them. Uh, St. Louis. Obviously, what's going on there is horrific. St. Louis, uh, the mayor is uh, Francis Slay, which is an interesting name. He's been there since uh, 2001, Democrat. So under 16 years of Democratic rule, St. Louis has made the FBI's number one most violent city. Number two is Memphis. Mayor there is Jim Strickland. He's a Democrat. Uh, He was recently elected, uh, but he followed uh, Wharton. Uh, uh, Mayor Wharton, who has uh, been in power there since 2009. So basically there you have democratically controlled uh, city for almost a decade. Detroit, Mike Duggan. Detroit has not seen a Republican mayor in 53 years. 53 years. And everyone's running to Detroit just to have a hell of a, hell of a good time. You know, I mean, right now it's just a, a pleasure dome to be in. 
Well, well the land is cheap in, in the city. Yeah, yeah, you can buy whatever you want. And it's pretty there. flat. All the apartment buildings have been knocked down. Yeah, so you, know, you can buy down. what you want. And, and uh, folks out there, if you have half a brain or even a part of a brain or, or sometimes I think even no brain at all, see if there's any running theme through this. After that, you have Birmingham, Alabama. Bill, uh, Bill Bell is the Democrat there. Um, there's not been anyone other than Democrats running that city since 1979. 1979. Unbelievable. Rockford, Illinois. Congratulations, Illinois. You got two crappy cities. Okay. Uh, the, uh, you know, one of, one of the worst and um, another one here. But anyway, Rockford, Illinois. I would have, maybe that's a suburb of Chicago. I don't know, but I would have figured that. And that's actually run right now. The mayor is Larry Morsey, who's an independent. This is the only one that was not really, had no party affiliation. Baltimore. The last Republican in Baltimore to be the mayor of that city was in 1967. 1967. If you want to look at the way to ruin a city and the way to destroy people's lives and the way to go ahead and put a nice little, how can we say, um, a velvet ball and chain on the citizens there. Okay, That's a good study to do. Uh, so since 1967, Democrats have been rule, have ruled that. Uh, Stockton, California, okay? Last Republican was in 2005. Milwaukee, last Republican mayor, 1960. Cleveland, last Republican mayor, 1989. Hartford, last Republican mayor, 1971. And lastly, Atlanta. And the last Republican mayor of Atlanta was in 1942. So, folks, it seems to me Democrats do a really good job of running cities. Uh, I mean, at least running them into the ground. I mean, uh, it, it doesn't seem like there's much else that 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 goes on that's positive. There. Was Chicago the second city in Illinois that you didn't mention? You know, I didn't mention Chicago. I don't really didn't see it on the list. Maybe I'm wrong, and it was just that they listed. Uh, they didn't mention Chicago. Chicago. Rockford. Now, yeah, Rockford is probably just outside. Rockford is probably a suburb of Chicago. Yeah. Would be my bet, but I don't know. And surprisingly enough. Um, you know, I mean, it's uh, the, the current mayor is an independent, but the, they've had Democratic rule there forever as well. Um, was, he has to go through his organization, the, the city state organization to get anything done there. So it's all they've all been Democrats all along. So it's probably dem democratically dominated. I'm sure it's democratically dominated. And uh, basically, it's unbelievable. So let's go ahead and on this kind of topic, I'm curious what it is or what people, particularly in the black community, if you can give us a call, 888-565-1470, 888-565-1470, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we are broadcasting live tonight from WWNN Radio, 1470 AM in Boca Raton, Florida, soon to be on an FM station as well. I'll, once I get more details, I'll let you know about that. We also simulcast on iHeartRadio on WWNN Radio's website, Michael Blum Show, Blum Radio, uh, iHeartRadio and iTunes. And we also do a Periscope feed. If you're not familiar with that, it's a Twitter application where basically you can go to BlumShow.com and go on to the tab on top that says Broadcasting Now or Listen Now. And you actually see what I look like and you can understand why I do radio. But um, so please feel free to give us a call. You want to get into the conversation. Uh, I can talk more and more, but I do like conversing with people from time to time. 888-565-1470. 888-565-1470. So 
Donald Trump gave a pretty good speech. He was given a whole bunch of pretty good speeches recently. You'd never know about that in the news. Um, but um, uh, is, is this a caller or a guest? No, I believe it's a caller. Oh, it is a caller. All right, cool. All right, so let's go. We'll go to the phones. Hi, how you doing? Hey, it's Michael. Yes, how you doing? Hey, doing great and getting better. Excellent, excellent. What can I do for you? What can you do for me tonight? You know, on the bottom of all those speeches and all those politically correct uh, documents that the left put out, there's a, on the bottom there's a little asterisk that says, uh, does not discriminate on the basis of age, race, <laughs> sexual preference, all that. What that means is, is that all they do is discriminate on the basis of age, race, ethnicity, sexual preference, shoe size, banter. What that so it's the exact opposite of whatever it says on the bottom. Well, that's very funny. I didn't notice that, but thanks for pointing it out. But you know, you're dealing with hypocrites. You're dealing with people. I think that basically, really. Uh, depending on how left you go, and I don't mean to insult everyone, and I'm always looking for a better term than leftist or Democrat or liberal or something, but I guess leftist is as close as we as we go. Basically, their means uh, are, uh, the, uh, are justified. You know, it doesn't make a difference. The, the ends are justified by the means. It doesn't make a difference what they really do or say. They just put it out there. So absolutely, they're hypocrites. I mean, you either want to be – this is my uh, sick – demented, stupid way of looking at things. If you want to be equal, equal means what's happening on one side of the equal sign is the same as on the other side of the equal sign. And basically, my feeling is that no one is equal. So get over it. I'm not equal to you. You're not equal to me. You don't have my intelligence. I don't have yours. You don't have my capacity for certain things. I don't have capacity for yours. If we hire attorneys and had lawsuits, it would depend on how much money I had. You know, Trump's kids are not the same as, as my kids. They were raised differently, and there is no such thing as being equal. There is, however, being an individual. And you can make the most of your life if you so desire, or you can be victim de jour. And go ahead and live in your own crud and squalor if that's what you desire. The choice is up to you. It's not up to me. I get tired sometimes as a talk show host of, of trying to figure out what happens in the black community. You know, black folk, you figure it out already. Um, obviously, since the 60s, throwing money at you has not worked. What it's done is it's like gifts from Santa Claus and like I call it the velvet boot. You are now slaves on the democratic plantation. The liberals own you. And that's where it is. If you think I'm wrong, well, then, uh, you know, I mean, go ahead and tell me what Obama's done for the black community. If you could tell me what he's done for the, in a positive way, what he's done for the black community, other than being a black president, you know, that's, um, that's about it. That's about it. You still there, caller? I guess not. Yeah, oh, so, oh. Uh, uh, basically, what it is is uh, everybody discriminates on the basis of race, ethnicity, you know, income, you know, you know, stuff like that. But like, the, the number one way that people discriminate is when they run an ad for employment, they say must speak fluent Spanish and English. Now, what that does is that eliminates about 85% of the African-American population. So if you have a high African-American unemployment rate, it's due to the fact that people don't want to hire black people. They put on their ads must be fluent in Spanish and English. And that Right there eliminates a lot of them 
And I don't know if that's really legal or not. However, they're doing it, and they're doing a pretty good job. Uh, it probably, I don't know, it's probably not constitutional, just like hate crimes are probably not constitutional, but we kind of ignore that. And I guess maybe people can go ahead and use it the other way around. You know, like if I happen to... Uh, in my business, deal with a lot of Israelis. Maybe I could just put in an ad in the, for the paper because I want a Jewish guy and just write that they must speak Hebrew. But I wonder how that I would play out. I work for Israelis. Um, God bless you. They, <laughs> Only kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, they got a target, man. They, I mean, the jihadis would love to kill me because even though, you're, let's say you're a Shabbat boy, mm -hmm. if, you, if you work for the Israelis or if you work for a Jewish company, you're automatically Jewish, and you're even worse than a Jew themselves, because if you're willing to protect Israel and protect the Jews, they're going to kill you first, man. I know. It's so funny, because I had, uh, in my business, I had hired someone. His name was uh, Yarub Jamaladin. So I said, Yarub, what does Yarub mean? He goes, Arab. Okay. So we're talking about things like that. We're talking about some uh, Muslim extremism, and he said, I'd be the first one that they'd kill. I said, what are you talking about? Absolutely. He says, well, basically, they kill Muslims anyway more than anyone else. He says, I married a Christian girl. So I said, as far as they're concerned, I'm gone. <laughs> My head sliced off. So, uh, yeah, it, it's so odd, you know, the, the world that we live in. Uh, but, uh, and I do want to thank you for giving us a call. Uh, I've been just uh, talking and yakking my head off here for about a half an hour. I'm going to take a very, very quick break, and then we're going to get back. Uh, uh, and we do have a guest for the evening who's going to be joining us, Robert Woolsey. And uh, he's going to tell us a little bit of what it's like to be inside the Pentagon and what goes on in there. So, folks, you are listening to The Michael Blum Show. Feel free to give us a call at 888-565-1470, and I will be back in about two minutes. You know, um, I'm very impressed uh, with the uh, governor of Maine. Uh, the governor of Maine has... Um, made sure that the power grid in his state is secure. This is one of the few states in the United States where the governor has actually taken action like that. Um, uh, governor uh, Paula Page also has done something very, very interesting in terms of welfare reform. So I just want to throw this out to you. And, folks, you can join us again, 888-565-1470, 888-565-1470. Um, <clears throat> basically, what Governor LePage did is, in 2014, he noticed that there was approximately 12,000 individuals that enrolled uh, for state assistance in a state assistance program. It's the SNAP one. It's the one for, like, food stamps. And he, I, I want everyone to realize that the, the, out of the 12,000 people that, that the governor picked for this, that all these individuals were adults. They were not disabled. They didn't have kids at home. But they were on the food stamp program because of a supposed lack of financial resources. So governor thought, well, wow, maybe if we can get these people jobs, that would work out really great. Uh, we're giving them money anyway. They're able to work. They don't have children. They're not disabled. It's not like they're on welfare. This was just food stamps. This is for supplemental food stamps and things like that. So he figured maybe they could work part-time or 20 hours a week or do some type of vocational program to help better themselves or volunteer for humanitarian purposes a matter of 24 hours per month. That's 24 hours per month. Six hours a week. When he announced that he was going to do that, the enrollment number for people who wanted to get into that program dropped from 12,000 to 2,500. I want you to think about what I just said, folks. You made some people work, and all of a sudden now that program became something they didn't want to do. There's quite a big difference between 12,000 enrollees dropping to 2,500 
when you go ahead and you tell them you have to work six hours a week. Can you believe that? You know, to me, sometimes I read these things and I, I am really rather shocked. I am really rather shocked. But welfare reform is something I hope that we go ahead and take care of. So you got a lot of naysayers that basically say, oh, it wouldn't work and da-da-da-da, and it's discriminatory and you're going to make people work and do things like that. But uh, it, it seemed that this state of Maine has solved its difficult problems quite beautifully. And if they don't get a part-time job, they can go ahead and try to get into a, 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 a training program. And if that doesn't get them the job, they can they still go ahead and volunteer. So there, there, there are lots of things that these people can do if they want to. If they don't get the jobs, or also he put like a limit on how much you can get in in, uh, in food stamps, and basically they do it for a few years, and then that's the end of that. Um, if you'd like to give us a call, eight 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 five six five fourteen seventy. Again, eight 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 five six five fourteen seventy. Uh, last uh, before we had our guest on, we were talking about kind of black and white in the United States, and. Um, um, I would love to hear from people out there that feel that Obama's done a lot of good for them or how or in what way Obama has done any good for them uh, because to me he's a loser. Uh, 888-565-1470. 888-565-1470. I thought you wanted phone calls. 1470. Well, that's the phone number. I know, but the oh, topic. So, so the topic. I mean, that's kind of limited audience, isn't it? For who? Well, I think positive things that Obama has done or did you not mean positive things? Well, I'd love to hear someone tell me that. I'd love to hear at least he made me smile. Maybe he's a good singer, hell of a good golfer. Um, at least he's a black guy. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what people would say positive about him. But yes, he's a part of a lot of good jokes. Uh, yeah, he just. Ah, oh God. What can you say? He's he's just in love with himself, could care less about anybody but himself, and wants to leave a legacy so that he can look back and think he's done things. So, so this is like a calling all liberals, please call. And call all liberals. Liberals, give us a call. See if you can actually stay on topic for a minute and actually be in this kind of day rather than in the future or the past. Try not to blame anyone. I mean, oh, Colin Powell was blamed. That was good. Uh, Hillary Clinton said, oh, Sister Sir, you know, he, talk, he told I me I have that. a soundbite for that. Oh, you have the soundbite? Uh, I have a soundbite. For that. It's that? not Colin Powell, unfortunately. It's it's a reporter, but it's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, so obviously, he's getting fed up with all this crap too. Uh, of course, he had you know like one of these accounts when when internet mail first. Came. He didn't have a server first. Of all, he had a mail account. That's very very different, folks. In case you don't know, he probably got one of those little discs in the mail that everyone used to get and uh, set up an AOL account. So actually, had, it was AOL. AOL. So he had an he had an AOL account, and what uh, a, a, a lot of uh, Democrats and people on the left or the leftists or whatever you want to call them do is they try to make some type of moral equivalency. So you see, going ahead and like going to Google and saying I'd like to get a, an email account is the same thing as having an IT guy come into your house and build a, a, a massive server. Uh, in your basement so that you can disseminate lots of email all at once. I mean, it's, a, it's a, such a completely different thing. It's idiotic. But, you know, Hillary voters, um, the staunch Hillary voters, 70% of them said they would vote for her if she was indicted. So if you have that going on, <laughs> if they're going to vote for someone who, who should be indicted and in, in, in prison, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable that she would pick Colin Powell. Uh, to go ahead and, and go ahead and say, well, he told me to do this, and he's having none of it. And you know what? We're dealing again with a pathologic serial liar that sells state secrets 
to pad her own pockets and who could not care less about you or anything else. Same thing's true of the Republicans. That's why I like Trump, because he's not really a Republican. He's a grassroots populist, and that's what he is. Um, Roses, what do they say? Uh, Democrats, uh, uh, Democrats are red. Uh, who's the red? Are we red? Who's red? Yes, we're red. We're red. When I say we're, so the Republicans are red. Correct. But the Democrats are blue. Yeah. And neither one gives a crap about it. That's right. That's right. I knew there was somewhere I was going with it. I just got to get my, my colors. I'm calling a color. Like I said, I've always been colorblind. You know, the, the State Department, when Colin Powell needed email, had a very, at that point, had a very antiquated or non-current uh, email system. We're talking early days for the general Internet. Right, right. So, internet, you know, he internet. had to bring in. Yeah, Internet basically was started for military purposes, and it was done on uh, Linux and Unix systems. And um, when AOL came out, I guess he hopped on the bandwagon and got a personal account, as if that's the same thing as, like, um, selling state secrets through a slush fund foundation. Um, but uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, Democrats go ahead and try to create moral equivalencies that just don't exist in real life. Would you like the soundbite? Yeah. You it's got a minute it. 15. All right, let's do it. Let's hear it. interview with the FBI, she told them that former secretary... Sorry, I'm going to start it over. Word got out that during Hillary Clinton's interview with the FBI, she told them that former Secretary of State Colin Powell advised her to use a personal email server. When Colin heard of this revelation, he went public, and aggressively so, telling her to stop using him as an excuse for your lawless behavior. He then penned a public statement, in which I will give you the cliff notes of, from what he said in an article published by USA Today. Powell's office said in a statement carried by Reuters late Thursday that he could not remember the dinner conversation, but did write former Secretary Clinton an email memo describing his use of his personal AOL email account for unclassified messages and how it vastly improved communications within the State Department. At the time, there was no equivalent system within the department, the statement said, adding that Powell used a secured department computer to manage classified information. Powell said he had to use his personal email because the State Department did not have a fully functioning email system when he joined in 2001. Needless to say, he is not too happy how Hillary is mischaracterizing the situation. Well, you know, for a criminal, uh, you have to mischaracterize uh, quite a few things. The odd thing to me is not that she's a criminal, is not that she should be in jail and brought up on RICO charges. It's the fact that so many people really don't care. Uh, that to me, that's what's frightening more than anything else. Because folks, we're going to get the leaders that we uh, that we pick, that we deserve. And if and I know this is a tough election cycle, folks, and you may not be um, happy with either candidate, but a psychopathic, lying whore who takes money from other countries and sticks it in her own pocket and then gives them favors on your tax dime and tax dollar and can go ahead and, as the uh, I think Comey, the FBI director, put it, um, you know, I, I got to write down the phrase, but it was something that, that that she was extremely irresponsible, I think, is the term that he used. Extreme, yes, it's extremely irresponsible to go ahead and give state secrets out on your own private email server to anyone who happens to be able to hack you.
And they keep on coming up with more, more emails, more emails. I don't even think the email thing will give a goddamn. Do do people really care about that anymore? Or are they kind of email burned out? Where did these 15,000 come from? I thought everything was supposed to be given and done. You know, and uh, of course, what what attorneys go ahead and destroy 30,000 emails and say, well, gee, now that you've asked for them, we can't find them. Folks, I think they were subpoenaed first, and then they destroyed then they them. And That's then exactly where are they? Oh, well, we, uh, I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Why would someone do that? Isn't folks? that obstruction of justice? That's obstruction of justice. It's perjury, and that's criminal action. That's uh, probably breaking federal law and maybe RICO standards because you're actually doing racketeering. And I even hear they say, "Well, doesn't the Clinton Foundation do something good? Well, doesn't Al Capone do something good? Didn't the mafia do something? Therefore, since they did something good, which I'm not sure that they did." What? You can sell state secrets. You can go ahead and make sure that uh, that Russia owns most of the uranium in the United States because someone gave the the uh, Clinton Foundation money. This is who you want to elect. Seriously, folks. Now, I know Trump is an unknown entity compared to that. But look at the success in each area. Look at her success as uh, the secretary of state, where basically there is none. And look at his success as a businessman turning a, like a million-dollar loan from his dad into a billion dollars worth of assets. Judge for yourself, but I cannot see how anybody in their right mind, if they have any true ethical thought at all in their hearts, can vote for someone who is such a blatant liar. Then she lies about the fact that she's lied and seems not to even know about it. She doesn't know about it. It's absolutely frightening. Um, the other thing that was kind of weird is that uh, about a week or two ago, when they were talking about Hillary not feeling well, um, there was this gentleman who was standing next to her at most of the speeches that she would give. It seemed like he was a CIA guy, big guy. And, but when they did a close-up of him, he was holding in his hand a diazepam self-injector. And they had pictures of diazepam self-injectors. If you know anything about what diazepam is used for, it's the it's the actual name for Valium, and it's used to control seizures. So, folks, why is a guy standing right next to Hillary Clinton with a self-injector of Valium? Why is that? So I figured, you know, it would be interesting to find out who this guy is because they said he wasn't CIA. It seems that since this report came out and the pictures came out, this man is nowhere to be found. No one knows who he is. He no longer rides around with Hillary. He's out of the picture completely and has disappeared, it seems, from the face of the earth. Kind of like Bernie. Well, yeah, Bernie bought a $600,000 house and now lives uh, on, you know, uh, up uh, in Vermont near Burlington. And but you don't hear anything about him or he's from gone. him? He's gone. That he, was part of the buyout. <clears throat> yeah, he's gone. That's part of the buyout. He got bought out. Comey probably got bought out. And, uh, you know, let's face it, you don't accidentally happen to meet Loretta Lynch on the tarmac, you know, <laughs> president. I mean, this country is such a banana republic at this point from these jerks and idiots that are running this place. You need to have change, folks. And I got to tell you, you know who won't change it? The government won't change it. The government's the problem. Problems don't solve themselves. The problem doesn't solve the problem. The problem keeps as much power and usurps as much as it can and sticks it into their own pockets. That's why we got to get rid of this current regime in there and all of the political cartels and everyone else involved in this nonsense and BS which has become what this government is. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be back in two minutes.
Hi, this is Michael Blum. Did you know the Michael Blum Show can be heard every Monday night from 9 to 11 p.m. on WWNN 1470 AM? So give us a call at 888-565-1470 to join us. We also broadcast 24-7 from our website, michaelblumshow.com. That's michaelblumshow.com. You can be anonymous, so call us and let your voice be heard. You're in tune to the Michael Blum Show on 1470 WWNN. But when the weekend rolls around, tune into our sister station, 740 WSBR. There you can find me, Alan Knight, and my fiance, Bridget Day. That's Saturday afternoons at 5 and Sunday nights at 11. The Night and Day Show, 740 WSBR. Now, Michael Blum on 1470. Hi, this is Michael Blum. Here at Reality Radio, we talk about the things that most people don't want to talk about. If you have a story or a situation that needs to be heard, call us at 800-524-8040 or email me at michael at michaelblumshow.com and we will be in touch with you. Think, speak, and be heard on The Michael Blum Show. Most people put off dental work until the last possible moment. You know, long work days, daily commitments, and even costs can be challenging to your dental health. 20 years ago, the Center for the Dental Arts was created as a dental practice that would be different from most. A place that has office hours until 8 p.m. to accommodate the busiest schedules. The staff of the Center for Dental Arts is naturally caring to ensure your comfort treating you like family while your smile is at the center of their attention. The Center for the Dental Arts features general, cosmetic, and implant dentistry, all in one convenient downtown Fort Lauderdale location. Especially in these times, the Center for the Dental Arts is finding ways to make sure you smile with the best quality work at a price you can afford. Call 954-463-4999 and ask for the new patient special. Call the Center for Dental Arts today and see for yourself how they've been making people smile for over 20 years. Call 954-463-4999. That's 954-463-4999 at the Center for Dental Arts. Hi, this is Michael Blum. If you would like to be part of The Michael Blum Show and be a sponsor, call us at 800-524-8040 or email me at michael at michaelblumshow.com. You could have been listening to your commercial for your business rather than this stuff. Call us at 800-524-8040. And now, back to The Michael Blum Show. Join us by calling 888-565-1470. Think, speak, and be heard. Here's Michael Blum. Reality Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Michael Blum Show. Uh, feel free to give us a call, 888-565-1470, 888-565-1470. You can hear us on the michaelblumshow.com's website, blumradio.com, www.1470.com, uh, uh, iTunes, and uh, iHeartRadio, uh, we're all just all over the place. So go ahead and uh, make sure that you listen to us. If you go to Blum Radio. Well, you know, everywhere where you can hear Steve Kane, that's you can, true. You can hear you. That's right. Any place you can hear Steve Kane, you can hear me. And that's the same place. As Except five nights a week over, overnight. Well, right, he does that overnight. <laughs> now, he spends a little bit more time on the radio than I do. But uh, he does that full time. And I'm doing this uh, at this point part time. 
So anyway, we want to go to the phones. We want to welcome Miguel to the show. How you doing, Miguel? I'm doing great, but we don't hear anything over here. There's something wrong with your headset or the audio is bad here. It's uh, off and on. Where is here? Where where are you listening to us from? Something wrong here. I don't hear him. Do you hear me now when I'm talking? um, I want to say something about the way the media can influence. uh, I'm not either liberal or conservative, but um, I, I couldn't turn the radio off because my father was in the Philippines. For 30 years, you know, and the family was at home. You know, he came home for two months a year. Um, I'm not sure that Hillary would do that. What do you think there, Steve? Say that again. You are asking me my, of what Hillary would do? Hillary, the commander-in-chief, what would she do? Uh, what would she do with what? Uh, I can't hear you. What, what would she do in what instance? Uh, what do you mean, what, what would she do? I got a, I got a call back. I can't hear you. All right, please do. Please do. I, I don't know why we're not hearing. Uh, we hear you fine. So, uh, uh, and I'm not sure really specifically what your question was to me. What would Hillary do as commander-in-chief? I think she's a hawk. I think she's much more of a hawk than people realize. I think the first thing she would do, or one of the earliest things she'll do, is get us into a war to prove that a woman can get into a war. Um, that's what that's what I think she would do, and she'll make a, a whole bunch of her uh, friends uh, very very happy as they make money uh, supplying weaponry. I think that no matter what goes on after she becomes president, if God forbid that happens, she will just make money on everything that goes on, absolutely everything that goes on. So we're going to wait and see if Miguel actually does call us back. I don't I don't know what the problem was. Did you, is there any problem in the studio? Uh, you, not that I know of. No. no, no, we could hear him pretty well. I mean, Wolsey was on the phone with us yeah. for forty minutes or so, and there was no problem there as well. I don't, I'm not quite sure it has anything to do with the telephone. No, well, I don't. That I don't know. That I don't. Know. I think he was. I think his question pertained to, to as in World War Two, having lots of soldiers overseas. I mean, he referred to the Philippines. The Philippines, but. So. You know, we have a lot of military overseas now. That's correct. Even we, without we a war, we have a lot of military overseas. Sure, sure. And that that's something I guess you could look at. I mean, um, uh, sometimes my libertarian bent comes out, and I really don't believe we should be anywhere or doing anything in other countries unless we absolutely really need to. Uh, now, I understand sometimes you do need to have a military presence, uh, but it shouldn't necessarily have to be that we're the policemen of the world. Um I have no idea what Hillary Clinton might have done in World War II, that's for sure. Uh, probably baked cookies and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, women were in a different position back then. I, I have no idea what she oh, would was do. a different mindset altogether. Yeah. Well, we, we were attacked directly. Yeah, so, so that's so. a completely different thing. Uh, but I do believe that uh, she's kind of a hawk. And um, uh, I think certainly more hawkish than, than uh, Obama and, um, uh, as it's known kind of uh, in the uh, Capitol Hill crowd, that she was the one basically who uh, wanted to have a war. Um, that deposed Gaddafi. And so I think that uh, she will make a lot of money going ahead and having a war. And I think she will do it to show that women can do that. Because I don't think she wants to be considered to be less strong than a man might be. And uh, so I think that for completely reasons that may make no sense at all, uh, I think she will do that. Uh, as far as the as morale goes and things like that, I mean... How would you like uh, to have your commander-in-chief tell you when people die, what difference does it make? Is that the thing a commander-in-chief would say? What difference does it make? It makes all the difference in the world. So um, 
you know, obviously, uh, you, she says she's, she'll be like an, an extension of Obama. You remember Obama's coffee cup salute? That was in the news for a while. Maybe it got buried. We're kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some soldier saluted him and was like, he could give a crap. And I think um, you'll have uh, you'll have a lot of that, but I think she'll be much more demanding and demand respect. And I think she's a bitch on wheels. Now, pardon me for not being politically correct. She is a woman. Uh, we can't say woman anymore. She is a person of extreme desire um, that acts out of uh, not out, out of the, the goodness of her heart, but out of the goodness of her pocketbook. Did I say that? Self-interest. Yeah, is that politically correct how I said all that? That sounds pretty good, yeah. That I mean, not, not that it's good, but it sounds more government speak now. Uh, government yes. speak. Uh, uh, that's also kind of like reminds me again of George Orwell because he had all different types of speaks, different types of speak. Double speak. That was a good one. Double speak is like what we're talking about at the beginning where basically I can hate you, but I'm not a racist. See, I can have two completely opposite thoughts in my head and yet justify them both as being correct that was something that Orwell called double speak then he talked about something called news speak and that's making up new words like the lbgt i'm they're going to run out of letters soon i think it's lbgtq which is questioning no no what it is what it used to be queer queer all right is so, the accepted term and now again uh, okay well, so maybe we not could, now again but now but we could say that now Yes, we can. Oh, oh, we can say that. Thank God. I like to say queer all day long. So now that now, now that I've been given permission by the government, I guess it's good. Um, and uh, uh, so uh, I, I'm sorry. I guess Miguel's not going to be calling us. Right? I guess. I guess not. Not this evening, at least. Sorry, Miguel. I don't know what happened, but um, we were talking to a whole bunch of other people. So uh, we'll we'll check it out. We'll go ahead and call the studio up later. So look, we were talking. We opened the show really talking about Obama, talking about some uh, race uh, issues and uh, how hatred is being taught in uh, higher education. So uh, you know, it's good to look at someone's record um, uh, to see how well they've done. So we had the first black president ending his uh, career uh, golfing, uh, and uh, and I'm sure he's uh, been he's much better at golfing now than he was when he started. Um, he's a, still a community organizer. I think what will happen in his future, I see uh, uh, people like Al Sharpton retiring and and, uh, and Barack Obama just becoming, uh, uh, continuing uh, to be a, a, a racist that hates white people, basically, and going ahead and continuing what he's done. So he's done a lot of good, though, for the black community. Folks, that you elected him, you should give someone else a chance, because if you don't, you're stupid, because you've been in the same goddamn place since the 1960s. And, you know, if you like betting on losing horses all the time, Clinton is your girl. Oh, no, I can't say girl. Clinton is your man. Oh, I can't say man. Clinton is your person. She's 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 the person. Ah, God. Anyway, so unemployment, uh, you know, unemployment did go down under Barack Obama. Um, Down the tubes. Well, no, actually, it says, according to this, and these are from I think this is all from this is nightly news. I'm quoting. from that's, NB- that's NBC, NBC yeah. from NBC, and we know that they're the, a conservative group. So they're, they're, you know, <laughs> right? So, so you, you know, you know that this is conservative stuff. That I I'm think the only from. thing that can serve is water. Right. It's not CNN. It's not the Clinton News Network. This is NBC. So this is completely different. So we know the bias that they have. So anyway, uh, Barack Obama did uh, did quite well in in 2008. Uh, unemployment rate was about 12.7 percent amongst blacks. And uh, recently, it's down to 9.5. Of course, it was 7.7 under Bush, but we'll, we'll forget about that. So basically, 
He has uh, brought the number down, but nowhere near it was when Bush was president. So we give him an X on that for helping black folk out. Um, poverty. Okay, that was interesting, too. 25% when Bush left office, it rose to 28%. And right now, it says one out of three black children, about 38% of all African-American children live in poverty. Not nice. And that's uh, by a Pew report, by the way, uh, that came out on July the 14th. Overall, there are more people living in poverty in the U.S. than at any other time in United States history. 45 million people. How do they uh, come up with that number? Is that uh, due to or due to uh, financial support or aid that's being provided by the government that they come up with that number? Uh, there, uh, you know the number, and you could, the, the number that I that I get from that is the poverty level, and it's kind of high. It's about thirty five thousand dollars. If you make underneath thirty five thousand oh. dollars which is probably most of America. Good portion, yes. That, then you're considered to be in some type of poverty, okay? you got to realize that the employment numbers also are kind of bizarre because if you haven't worked for over two years, you're not considered unemployed. You don't fall into that statistic. So when you're looking at that... You're non-person? You are considered out of the workforce and are not counted in any type of statistic that has to do with people not working. It's very interesting, folks, and I suggest you, if you go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics and look up their definitions for what does it mean to be employed and what it means to not be employed, it's kind of fascinating to read it because it's all such nonsense. You've got to realize that this is governed, the language that they speak in, in the government is not what we would speak. You see, for me and you, if we say, gee, we spent too much this year, I've got to do something about the budget, the next budget that comes out, actually, you spend less money. When the government says that they're going to go ahead and cut the budget, that means they're going to not spend as much as they wanted to. Okay, So when you're talking about a labor statistic like who is employed, if you've been out of the workforce, if you've been unemployed for more than two years, you are no longer considered in that statistic. So that's a perfect example of doublespeak. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, oh, uh, he's done so well, uh, he's he's uh, lowered unemployment. Yeah, but that's not really true uh, because unemployment now is not considering most of the people in the United States who truly do not have a job. Okay, Education. I mean, look, he's done really great in education here. High school rate hit an all-time high uh, in the in African-American community uh, uh, in 2013 of 81%. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I think that's the only thing I see here that seems to have gone up. Now, if it's not a graduation rate. It's, it says high school graduation rate hit an all-time high in 2013. Oh. Okay. okay. 81.4%. So in 2013, that was it. Uh, and uh, that, that's 81%. That was pretty good. That's the only statistic I'm coming up here that seems to have gotten any better. Well, uh, education but, has gotten worse. So they've lowered the bar. Well, that's true, too. You so, if you lower the bar, you know, all of these are statistics, and, you know, you can lie and make them mean what you want. But these are all coming, I believe, from the same source and through NBC. So uh, I always rely on NBC. <laughs> Nothing but crud. <laughs> that's what it stands for, folks. Nothing but crud. You have nothing but crud. That's there. the radio version. Right, right, right. Nothing but crud. And CNN is obviously the Clinton News Network, and uh, we have all those things. Uh, going on health care uh, Obamacare rates oh, this is amazing let's see the estimates were about 15 percent uh, of the Americans uh, in the United States were not 15 16 percent depends on who you read were uh, did not have any health coverage at all 
When, well, when the Bush, IRS is going to, oh. When Bush was there. Now that we have Obamacare and all of <laughs> the that, number went up. It, it's gone down to 12%. So we've actually, there's 4%. Um, See, there's an opportunity for employment. All, all IRS is going to need a lot more people to go out there and knock on the, the doors, doors and try to get people to buy them. Well, either that or try to get people to buy policies. I think they're going to become the new insurance salesman. Like uh, State Farm isn't always there and Allstate really isn't on your side and uh, the farmers don't grow anything. You know, um, they can go ahead and get the IRS agents to go out there and sell policies to young kids because they're not buying them. And that's why this Ponzi scheme isn't working. Right, let's give it another year or two and that'll be the end of Obamacare. Well, actually... Huh? In January next year is when another big raise or something else is supposed right, to maybe kick in. The, yeah, he's been trying to uh, stay away from the employee mandate, mm. and that's going to cost businesses yet even more money. So what they'll do is they'll start to fire people. You know, uh, on Steve King's show, there's Brian Craig who gets it cranking the first thing at 6 o'clock in right. the morning. Bless him. He said that for his daughter, insurance, mandatory health care, the rate in January, this past January, went up 100%. Oh, I'm sure, because I've looked at so a lot of those policies. So what's next year? I've looked, well, the, you know, this is a system And there are companies backing out now all over Aetna the country. Just, Aetna just backed out. I think Humana already did last year. So basically, you're going to be insured by Joe's Medical Insurance. They do the tire repair and medical insurance is what they're going to, going to go ahead and insure you. Uh but anyway, I think it's a, Obamacare was a system that was made to, by design to fail so that you can go into a one-payer system, which is what the government would really like to do, is control you, period. Everything. Everything. Uh, and that's another great thing. You know, if you like nanny states, you want to be taken care of. You believe big government. You want to be told uh, what to do, what to wear, what to eat, what to drink, how to speak, what to do. Vote Democratic. If you like to have a life of your own and be an individual, vote Republican. Give you just something to think about. So healthcare, that's really been that's really good. I mean, it's the most expensive tax ever, and we've now have four percent less people uh, uh, without uh, health insurance. Uh, wait though, like you said, wait a couple of months, and you'll see how many more we have. Which means that the people that are involved or enrolled will have to pay more. Right. Because Again. they have to carry everybody else. They have to carry and, and or our taxes you, you, will go up. You see, up. the government doesn't care about things that are like called cents, okay? So Unless they're little round things uh, with, right, with, with they, Lincoln's head. Yeah, if they could stick it in their pocket, that's the sense that they like. But, you know, um, if I took a car, smashed it into a tree, and then went and said, you know, I'd like to get some collision insurance, who would insure me? Who would insure me? Well, it's like getting sick and then trying to get insurance. Exactly. Exact Except thing. what they have to do now is they must take care of these sick people under Obamacare. So those people who are extremely sick are eating up a lot of the funds in Obamacare. And like I said, it is a Ponzi scheme. It's supposed to be replaced by all of these young kids that are coming out. and Healthy. healthy Don't need that to need, spend any need money. Zip. They're going to be paying these ridiculous premiums with $6,000 deductibles. Uh, and uh, that money's supposed to be used. Yeah, come now, and get me. Right now, believe me, I'm not a friend uh, of, of insurance companies in particular. And uh, there is uh, something called assigned risk. You know, you must have liability auto insurance in Florida. And there's some people that have been in so many accidents they don't want to. So there is a pool of insurance companies that get together and, in, in essence, pick out the dead wood and they have to insure them. Now you could do things. There are many ways you could handle health care, but uh, this Obamacare will 
be a thing in the past, uh, as most of Obama's quote-unquote legacy will be also. Let's see. All right, now this is really interesting. A Pew Report, 2014, income inequality says the average white household is worth $142,000, while the average black household is worth 11000 So why is that the case? That's a large discrepancy. I don't know if I agree with the figures, but this is a Pew report, so if we're going with it, we're going with it. Um, and basically it is saying a white household is worth $141,900, while the average black one is worth about $11,000. Any reasons why? Well, the Clinton, Bill Clinton concept that everyone must own a home, regardless of who they are, regardless of what they make, regardless of their credit ratings, regardless of what they can do, he mandated pretty much to the banks that they go ahead and do that. And that started the, uh, the uh, housing rage and real estate bubble that burst. And when it burst, guess who got hurt the worst? Black homeowners, because they were the ones that were targeted by the banks for these very deep subprime loans. And actually, um, there are certain cities in the United States that sued Wells Fargo and other banks because of that. So basically, I would have to give Obama the only thing about um, black, you know, the Obama um, years is the fact that he is black. In terms of helping uh, that population out, never happened. Never happened. Maybe it is time to go ahead and give someone, you know, uh, a a new chance or or something new. Folks, if you do the same thing over and over and over and over, you wind up with the same result. Nothing really changes. Uh, Feel free to give us a call, 888-565-1470, Maybe you ought to go through that list of the worst cities again. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> all but one are Democrat mayors. Wonderful. For a long, 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 long time. So if you want to see Democratic progress, look at these cities that are suffering. They are the worst, most violent cities in the world. Even if you look at de Blasio, who uh, the uh, police turn their back on, uh, the uh, crime rates in Central Park have just gone up since he's been in office. Uh, I think I read it was, a, don't quote me, but 15 to 20 percent more crime in the parks in the evening because the cops don't care. Well, the cops have their hands tied. That's it. The cops have their hands tied and uh, taking a a leak now in public and drinking booze in public and doing all those things in public is now okay. And finding a man in a woman's restroom. That's okay. That's good. That's fine. So who's going to do any of this? And they have the strongest gun laws. Which means, which means that civilians can't protect themselves. Very strong. Right. Very, very strong gun laws. So if you want to see everything that's, wor- that's, that's not working, go ahead and look at, those, uh, particular, um, um, uh, look at those particular cities. I mean, wow. I mean, 50 years under democratic rule, and the places run like a hellhole and looks like a hellhole. And it's absolutely amazing to me. I'd like someone to go ahead and call me up if they can. Five five. I'm sorry. Eight 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 five six five fourteen seventy. Eight 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 five six five fourteen seventy. And uh, go ahead and support Hillary Clinton. Tell me why it is that she should be the next president of the United States. I would really love to hear that. You know, it's kind of shocking to me that someone who was in public office who left uh, being broke is now worth, depending on who you read again, <clears throat> twenty to a hundred million dollars. Uh, and that's pretty good for like a. Uh, for being on the public dole and being like a, uh, a civil servant. I, I, I wish I could make that much money uh, doing that. But you know how those speeches work. You go ahead, you give a speech. You know, if you're a political whore, it's easy. 
You know, you just go ahead, push the money in one end, favors come out the back end. And the people in the United States are the ones that basically are the ones that get screwed. Um, and that's Clinton. That's Clinton all over the place. And uh, we know what the Clinton standard is. It's a double standard, okay? Um, <clears throat> basically, the Republicans... Isn't that kind of like a marriage? What's yours is mine and what's mine is mine? Yeah, yeah. Well, this one, this one certainly <laughs> what's is. What's hers is hers and what's yours is going that's to it. be hers. So, uh, one can only surmise what would happen if she becomes president. But, you know, it's so funny because she said that she will stop the... Um, uh, the foundation, the Hillary Clinton slush fund foundation after the election. So, of course, after the election, I mean, she's going to have to pay off all the people that gave her the money before the election. So uh, it gets to be quite nuts out there. Um, but um, this is the world we live in today. This is the world we live in today. Next week on the Michael Blum Show, we'll be talking more about politics. Um, you know, everything that comes out we if it's important we try to change it up i try to be a better news source than most of the other news sources for you um you can get information all over the place uh but quite basically um we're living in a place where right now we have government controlled media for the most part you know you can always get that faction that's uh, like drudge report that's going to give you conservative news and all of that but there is no moral equivalent like drudge report as compared to nbc cnbc and all of those folks um, we're going to be talking about black and white issues and guns and um, Black Lives Matters and all sorts of stuff next week with Alan Gottlieb. And I want to thank everybody for joining us this evening. Miguel for giving us a call. The other caller whose name I didn't get, uh, uh, Captain Woolsey and everybody who was involved with the show this evening. And remember, folks, that everything in your life is possible. Fewer things are probable. But one thing is absolutely certain, and that is that you are alive. So I suggest you go out. And you live your life to its fullest, be an individual, not a follower, because tomorrow is never promised to anybody. And we'll speak to you all next week on The Michael Blum Show. Take care.